Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. I'm going to talk about a word today that's used in the scripture. We're going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. And the word I'm talking about is the word yes, the word yes. The word yes has an attitude to it. Now, the word no also has a serious attitude. But there's in the Bible this scripture that talks about a yes attitude. So I'm going to talk with you about your yes attitude. And more specifically, I'm going to talk with you about your yes to the promiser and the promises of God. <clears throat> there's so much negative right now. And there's so much darkness and gloom and so many people saying so many different things. It's, it's kind of like, how can you trust anybody? How can you believe anybody? I think this word will be very refreshing to you because it's biblical and it's personal, it's practical, and it's workable for your life. 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 20, I'm reading from the message translation. Whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. Now this is a uh, terrific translation. Whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. In him, this is what we preach and pray, the great amen, God's yes, and our yes together, gloriously evident. Now this is a amazing scripture. Because the Bible says that God stamps things with the yes of Jesus. Maybe you're feeling kind of no to prayer and no to the job and no to the business and no to all the stuff that's going on around you and you feel a, a big no come upon you or a negativity and, and you, you get limited in how you think and what you think and, and uh, you start listening to the news. I've listened to the news more than I ever have in my whole life. And my conclusion is I think the news is really crummy. I think the news people are uh, amazingly uh, different kind of people on all the channels. There's some that are better than others, but there's so much negativity. There's, there's so much uh, sick phrases that are used about the worst is yet to come, and our life will never be back to normal, and, and, and this could come back again. And so people are freaking out. People are freaking out because their jobs and their businesses and their homes, and they're tired of staying home, and they're wondering what's going to happen. Well, I'm going to bring you good news today. This is Frank Damasio, the newscaster. I'm saying to you, 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 20, let God be true and every man a liar. Let the scriptures be what you base your thinking on, and let everything else fall to the ground. Can I hear an amen wherever you're sitting? And you're saying amen. Yes, Pastor Frank, I believe that. And so you're taking down 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 20, and you're, you're believing me today because I'm preaching to you the Bible that God has stamped a yes in Jesus. Jesus is saying yes. He's stamped with a yes. All of his promises are a yes. And when you look at the promises of God and you understand what he's saying here, that Jesus is trying to bring into your spirit a positive. He's trying to bring into your spirit a spirit of faith and a spirit that will lift you up. The word yes means, and I, I like the definition, and in fact, I could probably just preach on Webster's 1-1 here and just talk with you about this definition, but the definition of yes is so be it, as you say, let it be. It's an expression of affirmation, positive confirmation, believing, declaring, expecting, 
commanding it to be so. Now, just for a little while, I want you to uh, kind of take captivity all your thoughts and your attitudes and, and bring them under the Word of God for a few minutes right now and let everything else just kind of go its way. And I want you to start thinking to yourself that you are a 2 Corinthians one twenty believer and you are actually saying, so be it. As you say, let it be. I'm going to affirm, I'm going to have a confirmation, I'm going to declare, and I'm going to make today my yes day. Can you think about that for a second? I'm going to make today my yes day. I'm not going to have a no day. I'm not going to have a negative day. I'm not going to have a doubting day. You know, everybody has a specific kind of music they like. Uh, I, I enjoy certain uh, Christian artists and Christian bands. I enjoy Hillsong United and their uh, recording of Dirt and Grace in Israel is probably my all-time favorite. So I listen to it a lot, Dirt and Grace. It just has a spirit about it. And it has the songs that really speak to my heart, and they build me up. The second person I listen to a lot is Lauren Daigle. Why? Because she is just one anointed little gal, and I love her music. I love her songs. I followed her for a very long time. She has one song called Inevitable that talks about driving doubts from your mind and not allowing the doubts to bring you into darkness. It's inevitable that God will come through, so you should hold on. You should take what God has said and you should hold on. Why? It's inevitable. God is not like anybody else. He works for you. Another group that I like, this might surprise you, I like Lecrae, and I like uh, good rap. Uh, I like, I, I even rap sometimes to myself in my office and I get myself going. The door is closed, nobody can hear me, uh, but I think I'm really good at this. And so I rap it. One of the songs that Lecrae puts out is a song called Promises. And in this song, Lecrae, which is, uh, in my estimation, uh, their group and their songwriters, uh, they write some very good biblical stuff. They're theologically sound. They rap theology. They, they actually put the word of God on people. And one of their songs on promises says, promises, promises. It's hard to stay open. And I think this is where people really land. Why Lecrae is such a great group because they talk right to the people in them. If I could get a penny for every promise broken, I would be a very wealthy man. Well, what happens? Our whole life is filled with broken promises promises from people and relationships and our own hearts and circumstances. And so we're almost, maybe not even almost, maybe it's, it's beyond almost, we're afraid to have confidence in something good. We're afraid to actually believe for something great. We're afraid to actually say, yes, God's going to bless me and do something good because God, I, I think, wants to do that. But then we start thinking, I don't deserve it, and that's not going to happen. And a lot of things have not happened, and a lot of broken promises. So what happens is that some people see promises like pie crust, lightly made and easily broken. And so that's kind of a saying that people have, you know, well, don't believe him, and don't believe her, and don't believe life, and don't believe that. But I'm telling you right now, the promises that we have are based on the promiser. And so you don't have a good promise unless you have a person who make that promise, the kind of person that can fulfill the promise. So whatever the news says and people say and politicians and everybody else, the economists, whatever people are saying, I want to bring you back to the most 
sacred ground that you can stand on, and that is the Second Corinthians 1.20 ground, where you position yourself with a resounding divine yes in your spirit, and you simply begin to say, let it be. Whatever the word of God says, let it be. I'm going to believe in the promises of God. I choose to believe, and this is, this is your, <clears throat> your faith and your declaration here. I choose today to believe and stand upon the promises of God. Now, I do this. I, I have to practice this. I'm a person who's been through, like everybody else, a lot of broken circumstances and broken health and this and that. And we had a child die. We had, you know, things we went through physically. I went through cancer. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff we've experienced that have been just really tough, hard things. And I had to really get down and believe in the promiser. I had to put everybody else out of the room and bring God back in the room. When God comes into the room, what? Everything changes. That's one of my most favorite songs. When he comes into the room, everything changes. I'm saying to you right now, wherever you're sitting, whatever you're doing, God can come into your room and God can do something mighty in your heart and mind and spirit. And, and if you're married, in your marriage, as, a, as the two of you agree together in your family, and I just want to say that I, I'm going to prophesy with my eyes open, and I'm going to say to you that God is for you, and God's going to do good things for you, and that you're not to be disappointed in your own emotions or your fear or anxiety or anything else. I'm saying to you, you are a Second Corinthians 1.20 person, and God is stamping into your spirit the yes of Jesus, and the yes of Jesus will be your declaration, it will be your affirmation, it will be your attitude, it will be your spirit, and out of that will come something great. Now, wherever you're, you're sitting right now, you should be saying amen to me. I can't hear you, but you should be shouting me down. You should be saying, who is this guy? He is so good. I got to text my mom right now. I got to text my uncle. I'm going to text my child. Somebody, they should be listening to this man. Go ahead and text them. I'll wait for you. Done. Okay, now I'm going on. Here's another scripture for you. 2 Peter 1 and verse 4, we were also given, and this is one of those fantastic scriptures, 2 Peter 1 and verse 4, we were also given absolutely terrific promises. Talking about promises, yes, to the promises. We were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you. This is what Peter the apostle is talking about in his writing, 2 Peter 1 and verse 4, your tickets, and, and I did a whole series one time called The Tickets to Life, and I did all eight of these promises that Peter gives in this particular chapter of his, his writings. I can't do that right now. But referring to the tickets to participation, that's what Peter calls them, tickets to participation in the life of God after you turned your back on a world that has been corrupted with doubt and unbelief. Okay, we live in a corrupted universe, a fallen universe, sin itself is negative, and so we have to filter all these things through. And so the Apostle Peter says, now listen, you are given absolutely terrific promises, and these promises have been passed on to you, and they're in the Word of God. Do you remember the old song, I was raised Baptist, and uh, uh, this old hymn, and I still like hymns, by the way, standing on the promises. Standing on the promises of Christ my King. I remember singing that as a kid, as a teenager, and as a grown man. That song comes back to me sometimes. 
Through eternal ages let his praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises that cannot fail. When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail. By the living word I shall prevail. Standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing. The verse goes, standing, standing, standing. Standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing. I'm standing on the promises of God. Now, this is what I'm saying to you right now. You have taken on a new attitude right now in this message. Whatever has happened before you, we're pushing behind you. Whatever you think is coming, we're bringing it right into us. We're not trying to live into the future. We're living in faith right now, and we're standing. Maybe you've been knocked down. Maybe you've been pushed back. Maybe there's surrounders around your head that are trying to push you down. But I'm saying to you today, this song is for you, I'm for you, and I'm saying that the yes of Jesus is stamped into your spirit, and what you're gonna believe for is gonna be a mighty, wonderful, awesome thing because we're standing. You can, you can actually, if you don't mind, say the word standing out loud, just say it. Standing, say it again, standing. Standing. If there's anybody else in the room, say to them, standing, standing, standing. Why? Because you're getting up, you're putting your feet down on the Word of God today, and you're saying to your heart, to your mind, to your emotions that get, you know, pulled around and knocked around, you're saying, I'm standing, I'm getting up. I'm, I'm believing that his promises are to me. I'm believing that he's going to reform my mind, reform my spirit, and I'm going to take in what this man is saying today. Now, let's go right to the root of this. Why? The promises can only be fulfilled by a great promiser. If you have a person that's, you know, telling you all the things you can have, like a salesman or a politician, I hate to... I'm not throwing them under the bus, but I kind of am. Uh, and, and they tell you all these things. It really is up to the character of the person talking, whether they can fulfill what they are saying. So I'm talking about the promiser now. The promiser is one who pledges to another to do or not to do something specified, a declaration which gives the person to whom it is made a right to expect something, to claim something, and to actually stand on the thing that they're saying. And so we're obviously talking not about just any promiser, we're talking about Christ. While Christ lives, this is a great statement, while Christ lives, the promises cannot fail. And as a draft presented in his name to the bank of heaven, it has to be honored. So when you come in the name of Jesus, who's paid the price, who has the character, who's risen from the dead, who has faced every circumstance that you and I will ever face and a hundred million times more. Jesus has overcome everything. And so the stamp of yes is in Jesus. When death came, he said no to death and yes to resurrection. And so the promiser, while Christ lives, and he's alive right now, the promises cannot fail. Jeremiah 33, 14, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will perform... That good thing. Now, I believe God has a good thing for you. And it says in Jeremiah 33, 14, 
I will perform that good thing which I have promised to you. And so we're saying today, we're trusting the promiser. Why? He was sinless. His life was righteous. He broke sin and death. He rose from the dead. Jesus puts a stamp of yes on his word because he can put a stamp of yes on his word. The promiser is God. God's promises are concrete and they're unmistakable. Why? Because you can read them. His deeds match his declarations. His divine promises cannot fail. He is God of our universe and all his laws are under his control and under his command, which means whatever needs to be moved around, however God needs to control something or move something or do something, he has the power to do that. I don't, you don't, but God does. God is omnipotent, all-powerful. God has in his hand providence. All things work together according to his working. God has in his hands things that can make the promises come to pass. He can never on any ground of incapacity break down on any promise because he's God. And because he's God, I surrender my life and I trust in him. The world, the flesh, and the devil come against me. Temptation comes against me. I have all these things that work against me. I have the fiery darts of the enemy that come against my mind, and most of those are fear and unbelief. That's what the enemy has always used. And so all of these things come against me to try to take my trust away from the promiser, and the promiser is God. Now, the promiser has this character, and I hope you, uh, if you want to take these down, I'm not sure you have a means to take notes, but this is the way I teach. And I want you to remember this as you pray through the promise and the promiser and how you overcome doubt and unbelief and how you get the stamp of yes onto your life and onto your mind and onto your heart. It says in the Bible, number one, God is trustworthy. Numbers 23 and verse 19, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Numbers 23 and verse 19. Does he speak and does he not act? Does he promise and also fulfill? The answer is yes. Say it out loud. Yes, yes, yes. Proverbs 18, 20, the Lord rewarded me according to his promises. Nothing. Number two, God never lies. God never lies. People lie. The devil is the father of lies. Circumstances lie. Your mind lies to you. Your emotions will lie. But the Bible says God never lies. Hebrews 6, 18 God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged by his promises. Psalms 119 verse 160, the entirety of your word is truth and every one of your righteous promises endures forever. Titus 1 verse 2, in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, this is the big thing in scripture, God can't lie. The, the word of God cannot lie. People try to twist it, 
People try to doubt it. People try to uh, do all kinds of things with God's word, and God's word is God's mind. God's mind is righteous, and that righteous word, the scriptures itself, that what God says to us in the Bible is so important, and it says in Titus 1-2, he cannot lie. He promised before, and he promises again, and his promises come to pass. Wow. Number three, God's faithful. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold unswervingly in the hope of what we profess. For he who promised is faithful. People aren't, circumstance, life, everything's strange and weird and all the stuff that we might be affected by. Remember, God is not affected by any of this and there has always been crises and things that have happened from the beginning of time and God has always shown himself strong on our behalf because he's a God who cannot lie. He's a God who can be trusted. He's a God who is faithful. Lamentation 3.23, one of our favorite scriptures they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We sing that song. It's from that scripture. Number four, God's able to fulfill. So whatever God says, he can do. I might say things to you I can't fulfill. I will feel bad about it, but I can't maybe do everything I said I could do for you because I have certain limitations. God has no limitations. He's trustworthy. He doesn't lie. He's faithful and he's able. 1 Kings 8 and verse 56 got to be one of my most favorite scriptures in all the Bible where it says, Praise be to the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel just as he promised. Now this, this is a, a phrase that I have used in my prayer life and my declaration for many, many years. Not one word has failed of all the good promises he gave to his servants. Not one word fails. You know, when I get into that situation and I, I get squeezed and, you know, everything and doesn't line up, I go to 1 Kings 8.56 and I confess this and I go to 2 Corinthians 1.20 and I go to Numbers 23.19 and I go to Hebrews 6.18 and I begin to fill myself with the word of God and say, but, but God... But, but you know what? God is different, and God is for me. And in Christ, I have a yes in my spirit. I want to say no. I want to doubt, but I'm not going to. I'm going to let the yes of God be in my spirit because whatever God says, he can do because his character is proven to be righteous. The promises we stand upon. All right, here's the promises that you can stand upon that God has already made to you. Number one, the promise of ultimate victory. Romans 16, 20, it says, he will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of Jesus be upon you. Okay, my ultimate promise is no matter what the devil throws my way, no matter what I have to go through, Genesis 3, 5 says, he'll put enmity between you and the serpent. You shall bruise his head. And so, there's a victory even in the beginning of the fall that we will have the feet to stand upon the head of the enemy and crush the head 
of the enemy. Number two, the promise of amazing blessings. Now, I'm going to take this, even though blessings look a little slim right now, or hard to find, or hard to get, or whatever. I want you not to give up on the yes of Jesus. The yes of Jesus is I can bring amazing blessings into your life. I promise, Psalm 67, verse 6, then the earth shall yield her increase. God, our own God, shall bless you according to his promises. Deuteronomy 28.2, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of God. Now, Deuteronomy 28.2, pause on that and take it into your spirit today. The blessings are chasing you. They're going to tackle you. They're going to overcome you. The blessings of God are not few. They come ton by ton. God still is in the blessing business. God is still in the overcoming business. God is still in the crushing Satan under your feet business. It doesn't matter the darkness around us right now. We are more than overcomers in Christ. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the cross. We have the word of God. We have confession. We have prayer. We have the weapons of our warfare. We are more than conquerors in Jesus Christ. That is the yes that we have in our spirit. The third thing is he promises that his presence will never leave you and never forsake you. His presence will be upon you all the days of your life. Hebrews 13 and verse 5, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Four, and if you need this, let's believe it today, the promise of healing. Exodus 15, 26 if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, keep his statutes. And this is Old Testament. Think how much more is the New Testament what Christ has said in the stamp of yes in Jesus and the power to heal, where he says, I will put none of these diseases on you which I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord God who heals you. One of my favorite songs was the Lord our healer. And how... That song I played so much when I was in need of healing because I wanted to have my mind set on the Word of God. No matter what the cry of your body might be and whatever you're facing right now because all of us face different things at different times, I understand that. And I'm, I'm not saying that that, you know, it's like a magic wand or whatever you say is going to happen. But I'm saying persevere for the word of God. It's better to believe in faith for something good than to believe in doubt for something bad. It's better to believe that God is still a healing God than believe that God will not be a healing God to you. You might as well put a yes into your body and believe Psalms 103 and verse 3 and forget not all of his benefits, forgives your iniquities. And it says in my Bible and yours, he heals all of our diseases. He also, number five, gives us the promise of peace in the storm. Now, a lot of us are in storms, different kinds of storms, mental storms, emotional storms, financial storms, you know, career storms, all kinds of storms going on right now. Everybody is up against the wind and, and the storm that's trying to overcome you. But we're saying today, put yes in your spirit. The storm is not going to overcome you. The peace of God is going to rule your heart. And here's the scripture for you as you go through the deep waters, Isaiah 43 and verse 2. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, maybe you're in the fire today right now. 
you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Now, I'm going to take Isaiah 43, and I'm going to believe that I can walk through. I can get through the waters and through the fire, and he's with me. And in the storm, God's going to do mighty things. Number six, he promises divine protection. Now, we all want to believe this, and let's believe it right now. Divine protection is real. Zechariah 2.5 says, For I, says the Lord, will be a wall of fire around you, and I will be the glory in her midst. A while back, you know, a while back, I've been doing this for over four decades. And so, you know, when I say a while back, it could be 1890. And so I was doing a series and a study on uh, the book of Job. And I was just doing the first three chapters. And I was doing a study on the hedges, all the hedges in the Bible. Because that scripture in Job where God says, uh, I'll put a hedge around Job and you won't be able to touch him. And that really caught my attention, even though I heard it so many times. So I started studying all the hedges in the Bible, how to grow a hedge, what attacks the hedge, what does the hedge do, what does the hedge promise, how do we stand behind the hedge, what really is the ingredients of the hedge. And so I went through all the scriptures and I presented the series in four parts called the hedges. And in that, I began to teach people there is a divine protection for the righteous. And there is something that God says about his hedges. And this wall of fire, Zechariah 2.5, I will be a wall of fire around you and I will be the glory in your midst. And so I believe that God is what? Isaiah 32.2, a man will be as a hiding place from the wind and a cover from the storm as rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. All of that is prophetic of Jesus. He's my rock in the weary land. He's my hiding place in the storm. He's the one who's covering me. How about this promise? Come on, let's go there. Let's believe it. The promise of abundant provision. Now, maybe you don't have abundant provision. But you know what? God takes little and makes it much. God takes what man had thrown away and uses it. God can, can bring manna in the wilderness. God can bring, uh, you know, the little boy with the loaves and the fishes and the widow with the little cruise of oil. Nothing in anybody's mind would have said that the, the widow was going to have a provision, a miracle. Nothing in anybody's mind saw what was coming with the boy with a, a, a little tiny lunch that was going to feed 5,000. I just want to say to you, you have a tiny lunch and you have a little cruise of oil, but it's enough for God to multiply and God can be your divine provision. Philippians 4, 19, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches, not yours. I, uh, Psalms 84, 11 has always been one of my go-to scriptures. For the Lord God is a sun and shield, and he'll give grace and glory. No good thing. Say it with me. I like people to talk with me, even though you're by yourself or a few people say no good thing. No good thing. Say it again. No good thing. I'm, I'm telling you right now, the Bible says God will not keep back. He will not withhold. It says in, in Psalms 84, 11, no good thing will he withhold. He's not going to keep it back. He's not going to tease you. He's, he's not going to throw you away because you're in a storm and you're in a problem. You have the promise of abundant provision. And that abundant provision is because God is your provider, not man and not anybody else. God is your provider. Oh, okay. I kind of preach myself into a spirit of encouragement. 
I preach myself into a spirit of yes. I'm, I'm, I'm saying yes in my spirit today. I'm saying yes to the future. I'm saying yes to greater doors. I'm saying yes to healing. I'm saying yes to provision. I'm saying yes to God's word, God's promises. I'm saying no to the devil. He never tells me the truth. There's something wrong with the devil. He always lies to me. He never tells me the truth. He's always a thief. He's always a devourer, all right? I'm putting him out, and I'm bringing the Holy Spirit in. I'm getting rid of that cloud over my mind, and I'm saying yes, yes to everything that God has for me. I want to pray for you right now. If you don't mind, bow your head or just watch whatever you want to do, but receive this prayer of faith for you. Father, I'm praying right now, Lord, that you will bless these people. Lord, I'm praying that the spirit of faith will overwhelm them. Lord, I'm praying that a spirit of yes will come and rest upon their mind, will, and emotions. I'm praying that this day will be a turning point. I'm praying this day will be a marvelous turning point. I'm praying that today will be the time where there's a shift in their spirit toward, yes, yes, God can do mighty things. Lord, bless these people. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.